Welcome to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is the place where you'll hear kids ministry experts dive deep into practical and inspirational topics to help make you the best kids ministry leader or volunteer you can be. On today's episode, we have a special announcement from our friend and Kids Ministry 101 podcast host, Bill Emiot. So let's get started. Here's Bill Emiot. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Kids Ministry 101 podcast studio. I'm glad to be here with you today. It's an exciting day here in Nashville, Tennessee, because we have my very good friend in the studio, Chuck Peters. Hey, everybody. Hey, Bill. Hey, Chuck. Chuck has served um, as the podcast um host for several years and for a period of time I have been hosting the podcast but today is going to be my last hosting of the podcast that sounds a little weird to me it's a little weird to say it out loud isn't it yes god so, has been doing something really interesting in my life probably for about a year now and it has um, finally come to a point where I knew and have understood god's um desire for me and God's plan for me and a new chapter of of my life um, moving um, from Lifeway, yes. which is uh, kind of incredible. I've been here over 16 and a half years now and um, had every intention of being here until they took me out feet first. <laughs> <laughs> but God had a different plan and Starting uh, the 1st of August, I will become the minister to children at Houston's First Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. And while I am very sad about leaving so many good things and good friends, I am extremely excited about what God's going to do in, the next, in this next chapter of my life. And the sentiment you know, Bill, is the same for all of us here. You have been a cornerstone, an anchor for all of the Lifeway Kids team. You have served with passion and with excellence the churches that you've equipped uh, as, as a, our lead specialist. You have strong relationships with so many churches and church leaders in various states and all over the country. And, and Bill, you have been... Uh, just an amazing representative of Lifeway to the church uh, and of the church back to Lifeway because you've been a great voice to advocate for our churches and, and their needs back here. You've also been a friend and mentor to all of us who have worked with you or near you, and we so appreciate your investment in people, in the church, and ultimately in children's ministry because you, um, we talk about, you know, um, all of us want to influence others. We don't want to just do the work that we do. We want to influence others uh, to be the best that they can be and to, to encourage and instruct and mentor. And those are just things that come naturally to you or seemingly come easy to you because you are all of those things to many of us. So thank you for your service. We so appreciate you here. You're always going to be part of us. Well, you are. And we hate to see you go. I appreciate. Those are very kind words. I have had um, the time of my life. I have lived my dream and um, had no idea that um, God would begin to put a new dream in my heart. And so I'm thankful for the privilege that I've had being here, the opportunities that it has given me to um, speak into, I mean, if I really think about it, thousands and thousands and thousands 
of children's lives. Yeah. Not directly, but indirectly through our listeners and through our readers and through those who've been in live training events over the past 16 years. It's humbling and it was certainly an honor and I am thankful. Well, and so while we desperately hate to see you go because we would keep you here and take you out feet first if we could. We know, <laughs> we know that. I'll speak on behalf of everyone. We would love to keep you here forever. We can't hold back what God is doing and we don't want to. And so although it is with sadness that we say good, goodbye, not even say goodbye, we say see you in a different way. That's right. We're going to continue to be to work together and to, uh, to uh, minister together just in a different way. Uh, we also want to send you off with it, with our blessing, and uh, because we love you and we Thank appreciate you. you, and we want, we know that this is uh, something that God has ordained, and that He has amazing things in store in Houston and in you that are going to be it's going to be fun to watch. So this well, episode, and you know, a lot of of what you've said just kind of rings a bell with me because. What I've learned from so many people being exposed to so many children's ministry leaders are the things that I'm taking with me yeah. to lead this ministry in Houston. Um, I think of, uh, I've, I've described them as pillars that yeah. I think maybe I didn't fully understand as I do now are, are just non-negotiables at some level about what children's ministry needs to look like. Yeah, and so we want, let's talk about some of those. So here, this is not exactly, you know, final words from Bill Emiak, because that sounds like we're not going to talk anymore. Right. You will, if, listeners, if you come to the Etch Conference, Bill's going to be there. I'll be here. He will be present, and, and we expect and, and anticipate fully that he's going to be speaking at our events and conducting training with us just in a different role. Right. Uh, but that relationship will not go away. And I fully expect he'll be back here on the podcast and hope that he will be <laughs> uh, again, just as an outside guest. Uh, but your voice is such an important one. Uh, but that brings us to what, some discussion for today. Sure. So let's talk about some of those big ideas since we sure. are kind of in a moment of, of um, reflection right. for you and transition. I know you've had some time to think about mm -hmm. some of these things of like what, what would you say if you had one opportunity to communicate? What are those core things? So let's talk about those. And then I want to talk with you a little bit about making a decision to make a move. Okay. You know, there are many listeners out there who are in ministry and they're sure. questioning, should, how do I know if God is calling me to make a big change? Right. Those could be two separate episodes. Right. Let's put them together into okay. one. Uh, that way we don't have to uh, get too sentimental. Well, first, let me, <laughs> let me start talking about these ideas this idea of pillars that, that I've learned while being here at Lifeway. Um, and, and I don't think that um, they're exclusive, but these are my three big takeaways mm -hmm. as I start a new children's ministry um, uh, or, or continue, I should say. There's an incredible team at, the, at Houston First that yes. have been doing incredible work, and I just get to join them. But as I bring my, my thoughts to the table, um, number one, is the gospel. Mm. And I've always known that in my heart, but I don't know that as a children's ministry leader in my 20s and 30s that I knew that in my, in my actions or in my uh, carrying out the children's ministry that I was entrusted to then. The gospel has to be at the core of what we do. Uh, children's ministry leaders must know that the primary purpose of their of their their ministry is to see boys and girls and, and families, if you will, but boys and girls come to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. Yes. Everything we do, every um, program we do, every um, activity that we host 
must be, I, I like to use the term umbrellaed, but umbrellaed under the idea that sharing the gospel is the point of why we're here. Seeing boys and girls come to know Christ, um, hearing that good news, and experiencing spiritual transformation in their life um, that only can they can only receive through through Christ. That has got to be, and my intention will be, for that to be the number one, the number one thing. Now, there's some nuance there, because as you said, this is something that you've always. You've, it's always been a part of your ministry. It better be, right? right? It has to be, and it is for all of us. However, there's a difference between it being everything to your ministry right. or in your ministry and being a part of it. Right. Can you help us through well, that? I know some of in, those... in the past, sometimes I've watched and even been a, a party to children's ministry where um, maybe it was more entertainment um, uh, 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 centered and 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 the whole concept of we're going to make sure the children have a lot of fun while they're here, um, and I was really good at that. And you know, I've done terrific Tuesdays and Wacky Wednesdays and Thrilling Thursdays and Freaky Fridays and all the different things that you do in children's ministry. But I don't know that I took every opportunity to bathe those activities mm. in the gospel mm. and make sure that that was the underlining point of doing them. Um, you know, if all we're going to do is have, I don't know, camp for the sake of going fishing and riding in a canoe, then we need to just let the YMCA do that camp. Mm-hmm. But if camp, for instance, is about um, growing boys and girls in the gospel and helping them to to um, even understand and hear the gospel in a personal way for the first time, that's a different approach to camp. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want for all of our listeners and for my ministry at Houston First. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Second pillar. Second pillar is discipleship. One of the things that I've noticed in the past 16 years, and it's probably been going on longer than 16 years, is that we have raised a couple generations who don't know what or why they believe. Mm. Um and consequently, statistics are telling us that they're leaving the church in droves after high school ministry. They're walking out the door. And some of them are coming back, but I'm not even seeing those who come back come back to our churches. They're going back to different churches for different reasons, I'm sure, but they're leaving the faith. And I think that we are responsible for that, not just children's ministry leaders, but student ministry leaders too, but it certainly starts with preschoolers and children in laying those foundations in their life so that they can, um, when, when they're challenged, then they have answers. Mm-hmm. When, and they're not caving to, I don't know, political corrected, correctiveness or, or what, that, what that might look like, but that they're growing past the point of conversion to becoming uh, loving, following, strong followers of Jesus Christ, disciples Mm. of Jesus Christ. And I think that we can do that in a variety of different ways. I think we have to um, reconsider our scheduling. Mm -hmm. A lot of our churches are, um, and you know, sometimes you kind of say, oh, praise the Lord, we only have Sunday morning, that's all. But, and and I get that, you know, one of the one of the things I'm going to have to ease my well, not ease, but I'm going to have to deal with. Into. I'm coming back to church every time the doors are open again, um, and not just when um, I have a, a role or when it applies. You know, I'm very active in my current church, but 
we need time slots to disciple boys and girls. Mm -hmm. When are we going to do that when we've become so simple as a church that we only have one time slot to to teach, to lead boys and girls? And so we're going to need to to reassess that. And, And maybe that's a Tuesday night or maybe that's a Saturday morning. Maybe it looks completely different than anything we've ever thought of. But helping boys develop, boys and girls develop spiritual habits, spiritual practices, um, the term spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. um, when it comes to worship, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to Bible study and, and Bible reading, when it comes to stewardship, yeah. when it comes to service, we've got to help boys and girls establish those habits in their life early so that when they grow up, they just do them naturally. It's hard to develop the, the pattern of, of sharing your faith when, you don't, when you've never done it and all of a sudden you're 32 and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm scared. But if I started learning how to do that and finding opportunities with the safety net of my church and my children's ministry to help boys and girls um, share their faith at 8 and yeah. 10 and 12, then 16 and then 18 and then 21, they just do it at college. And, that's a big piece of what I want to take to my next role. Mm. It can be, uh, we can get stuck in a way of thinking that's not proper if we think that the gospel is the end, mm-hmm. right? If it's, yeah. they, when, when they make that decision, if we can lead a child to make a decision, ah, we've won right. and we're done. And in fact, really, that's, the, that's a starting right. point. And I think as evangelicals, we've done a pretty good job of making the main thing the main thing. That's the gospel. Yes. But there is something after the gospel. We talk about ABCs of becoming a Christian, but there's right. a D too. You know, admit, believe, confess, and then disciple. disciple. Yeah. And I, wanna, I want to do that. I want to help grow Great Commission, Great Commandment, Acts 1-8, boys and girls. Well, they need to know. They need, they to, need to grow, yeah. and they need to be able to go and show, yeah, right? There you no go, go no <laughs> you could grow, go, that. show. There's something there. <laughs> There's something there. But no, that's true. We so need to be, and we need to be prepared that even once we come to bring them to that point of decision, uh, that's well-informed and understood, right? Not just um, not manipulating a decision mm-hmm. to sign a card, but truly leading them in the knowledge of salvation right. uh, in Christ, but then investing them afterwards to train them up to truly train them up to be mature believers who make other believers, who make other disciples. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. The All right, you have third, another pillar. Yeah, the third pillar, and I'm sure there's additional pillars. <laughs> but for me right now, as I'm walking into this new role, is family. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to coming to Lifeway as a children's minister, I was um, not thinking family at all. I was. Um, I had fallen into the... To the, to the trap of bring them to me and I will disciple them for you. It's that outsourcing model. Right. And a lot of parents kind of want that, And I have fallen right? into that because at some level that, is, uh, that gives you job security or that even strokes your ego at some level. And um, while at Lifeway and while watching the model not work mm. that we had used for so long, I came to the the clear understanding that healthy children's ministry recognizes the biblical role of parenting and the biblical role that parents have to be the spiritual developers, Mm -hmm. the spiritual leaders, the spiritual disciplers of their kids. So as a children's ministry leader, I get the privilege 
of partnering with families and partnering with parents to equip them, to encourage them, to empower them, to uh, provide resources for them to do what God's called them to do and not outsource that to me. I, I can have influence in a child's life and and in um, some ways, I, I hope I will, but no one has the same influence in a child's life as their parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been said for years, and you know, um, uh, the one hour we have, or maybe the three hours that we have a week with a child, doesn't compare to the, I don't know, what is it, 365 hours that, yeah. that parents have, um, or, or the first 18 years of life that a parent has to influence their children. So even promoting families to be more um, godly or more Christ-following or to be more um, equipped to lead Bible study in the home or, or to follow up with what we've done at, at church, those are important pieces that I want to bring to the table this round. Mm-hmm. I've often said that um, before I even knew this was going to happen, um, my great friend Jerry Vogel used to say, if I ever have a chance to do it again, and then Jerry's passed now, and I started saying it on his behalf, uh, if I ever had a privilege to do this again, family will be at the very center, of the very uh, one of the cores of my ministry. And I'm thankful that Houston First has set itself up for that kind yes. of role. They, um, I'll be a part of the Next Gen team that's led by uh, my great friend Doug Bischoff, and and their whole intention is to equip the family and to encourage the family and to to, uh, be a partner with the family and return back to a biblical model of discipling boys and girls, which is parents doing that. Mm. Now, there'll be opportunities where there's no parent involved and are a parent's not a Christian we're going to work through that too, and I, I get that, and a lot of our listeners work in those kinds of ministries, um, but looking for those opportunities and, and, and continuing to see kids' ministry through the lens of family. Um, that's why I love Etch so much, mm-hmm. and I know that when I come back in October, you and I are going to teach, a, uh, are going to uh, lead it out in a breakout, or actually a pre-con yes. for Etch, um, and looking at children's ministry through the lens of family and what that looks like, and I look forward to developing that with a more hands-on approach than I would have had not being in the role that God's moving me toward. Yes. So for me, gospel, discipleship, and family. Yeah. Fantastic. Great words. Thank you, Bill. For oh, you're those. welcome. I know that there's that's you've been thinking on these for a long time. You know, we yeah. have known for a while that this was a possibility, this yes, change. Yes, I'm not good at keeping secrets. I've been we, we've <laughs> had a lot of conversations about how God may or may not have been leading you. Mm-hmm. And I've I counted a privilege to have been a part of your inner crew has been praying with you and talking with you about the possibility. Thank you. And again, although it's really sad for us, we are thrilled uh, that God's leading you into this new chapter. Very exciting. Yeah. I thought maybe it'd be nice to hear just a little bit from you. Uh, we don't have to take long, sure. but there are a lot of folks out there who are wondering if it's time for them to make a change, right. to, to step into a transition. And that's always stressful yes. and difficult. Yes. You have been through this firsthand. It's one thing yes. to talk about it you know, theoretically. 
It's another to share a word of testimony. And so I want to just ask if you might share a bit about your experience in making a decision to leave a place that you had no intention of leaving to go to a place that you had no intention of going. (laughs) What has that process been like for you? For me, and and I recognize that everyone's calling and, 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 and the way the Lord leads is unique and that's what's so incredible one of the incredible things about our our God is that he's unique to each one of us because he's made each one of us unique um, but for me um, it was a process um, there were things that were I, I've my pastor at First Baptist Nashville where I attend currently um, Frank Lewis says that God is preparing us for what he's preparing for us. Mm. And as I began to experience this rub or this pull, I began to see where God had been preparing me and preparing Houston first for me. Um, So I'm I'm just minding my own business. I'm sitting there tending my father-in-law's sheep on the side of the mountain that's a re- re- reference to Exodus yes. and Moses. And and um, several times people had reached out to me about this specific church and this specific opportunity. And at the beginning I said, I'm not interested. I'm not want to do that. Quite frankly, I even said things like, that's hard work. And I don't want to do that hard work, <laughs> you know. Um, and as I processed through and and God just kept putting it in front of me, um, I had the opportunity to read a a really good book um, about finding God's will for your life. And in that book, the the author talks about Moses and his call and how there was a bush that was burning and it wouldn't be consumed. And instead of uh, running away from the bush, Moses noticed that Bush was there. Um, the author said, suggested that if there's something that won't go away, if there's a bush that won't be consumed in mm-hmm. your world, mm-hmm. it just won't leave you. And and maybe that's a gut feeling. Maybe that's a hope. Maybe that's a maybe that's a, a ministry that's out there that people keep talking to you about. Maybe that's God's will for your life, and you need to go and check it out. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, now that's kind of hitting home. And then the next chapter was how God didn't call Moses by name until Moses took the first step toward the bush. He didn't call him, and then he walked over. He took the step toward, and then he said, Moses. At that moment, I knew that I had to step forward, Mm. that this bush would not quit burning, and I needed to go check it out. And then it just continued to go from there. And And I prayed, I began to pray for others who were involved in the process. Now, Chuck, you know me and many listeners know me. I would have preferred um, a sign in the clouds that looked like the state of Texas with Houston beacon, beaconing from one point. I would have preferred that the handwriting on the wall, you know, like that we see in, in the Old Testament. I would have loved it if God would have sent me two stone tablets engraved uh-huh. by his fingers that said, go to Houston. Yes. But he didn't. And he never really has for me. 
Now, I know there's some people's testimonies different than that, and I know that people talk about how they hear this audible voice or, or that, that it's just un, unmistakable. That, but my story was that I, started, I began to pray for my future pastor. Mm-hmm. I prayed for him and for my future director. Um, so I began to pray that God would lead them. Certainly they knew and would understand and sense God's call in their life or for their church more than I would. Mm. And I began to pray for Greg Mott and Doug Bischoff. And I begged God not to let them want me. (laughs) And as I interviewed more and more and stepped further and further, into into the bush <laughs> or into the fire. I don't know. Houston's really hot. <laughs> I began to commit to following their leadership. And as God revealed to them what he believed, what they believed God was giving them, I followed. And that has been very affirming. I will say toward the end of the whole process, I started still looking for the bush I kept looking for the word Houston in the Bible. I'm sure it's got to be here, and it's going to say, Bill, go to Houston in, you know, in Revelation 48, 29, or whatever, you know. But it's, and then I, be, I remembered my prayer, and I knew that both Pastor Mott and Doug had been bathed in prayer by many of my friends as well. And um, I made the commitment to follow and I knew I needed to. I knew I needed to. So that's my story. It's not everybody's story and and maybe I simplified it too much and and I really don't care about feedback from anybody who tells me if it's theologically incorrect. <laughs> it's my story and that's that's and I'm sticking to it, testimony. right? You know. Right. But um, sensing God's leadership through godly men and women is definitely a way that you can feel and and understand what's next and what God would have you do. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I I appreciate that. Uh, You've, um, we just love you to death. And And I love you guys. I so appreciate everything that you've been to me personally, but to all of us here, you're, you certainly leave a legacy that will last and you've made an immense impact on the culture and the people here. And while I hate to be leaving, I'm glad it's not feet first. It's not feet first. It's not feet first. That's right. So I'm very appreciative and very thankful, and I give all the praise and honor and glory to to the Lord for anything I may have done and may have accomplished for his kingdom here. It's not because of anything that I was able to do. It was only because of what he did through me. Amen. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Thank you for your words of testimony, and we appreciate you. You've done a fantastic job hosting the podcast. We have appreciated the uh, the the voice that you have been here, and uh, just know that where you go, uh, we go with you in spirit because we are we are one in Christ, and uh, we are brothers forever. Thank you, thank you, Bill. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Kids Ministry 101 podcast, and uh, we invite you to come back again soon for another episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We'll see you back here in two weeks with Chuck Peters for a brand new episode of Kids Ministry 101. Before you go, we'd like to invite you to the Etch Family Ministry Conference, October 7th through 9th, right here in Nashville, Tennessee. 
Rates do go up next week, so find out more at edgeconference.com. We'll see you back here again later on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.